This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is September 4th, 2020. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Hi, I'm Judy VNA. I was at Hofstra Radio 1992 through 1997, five years. And tell me the names of the shows that you worked on or produced or hosted during your time at WRHU. I did one show the whole time I was there called The Jazz Cafe, and it was usually on Wednesdays from 2 to 4 p.m. And during your time at Hofstra Radio, did you hold any titles or positions or management uh, positions while you were there? No, I did not. I actually had a full-time job when I was at WRHU, so I just came and left. I didn't have any positions. So this is a multi-part question, and answer it however makes sense to you, but I'd like to get a sense of what first brought you to Hofstra Radio, when you got there, what was it like, what do you remember, can you paint a picture of the office or the studio or production facilities, who did you meet, what did it look like, what did it sound like, what did it smell like, uh, What and what brought you there, what was your motivation for, for joining? Um, well... I was an older student at Hofstra, 32, when I enrolled in 1990. At that time, I was working, like I said, the full-time job uh, at a law office and pursuing my acting career, which included modeling and voice work. So my major at Hofstra was communications, and I signed up for Jeff Krause's announcing class. Uh, That was the spring of 92, which unfortunately and sadly turned out to be the last class he taught before his untimely death that summer. Um, I treasure so much having had the opportunity to meet Jeff and learn from him. I think at that time I also met Sue Zizza. She may have come into our class to talk about WRHU. I wasn't even aware that Hofstra had a radio station. And uh, Sue may have suggested I come and check out WRHU and maybe work on one of the shows. I had no engineering experience at that time, aside from recording myself at home on my cassette tape deck. Um, I, my acting experience by then had included being recorded on a children's radio show, doing children's voices, and on a local radio show about acting, and of course on videotape, but I had never done DJing or announcing. So I was really excited to join WRHU as an announcer. So the class that you took was a Hofstra University communications yes. class. So was that in the multi-track studio? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I know it was in the basement of Memorial because we didn't have uh, the other building yet. There were at the time there were two production facilities. There was uh, if you if you walk down the hall and down the ramp to the right was master control. To the left there was another door. So on the right side was the multi-track studio. On the left side was the two-track studio. Do you remember which one it might have been? Nope. Too long ago, Brian. I just can't remember. But I know um, Jeff taped us, so it might indicate where we were. Uh, it seemed like a classroom to me, you know, a bunch of chairs and teacher at the front. But he did record us, so maybe we went back and forth into um, the other room. I didn't know enough about it then to tell you where I was. Well, I was, I was trying to get a sense of, uh, since you talked about working with Jeff, 
maybe yeah. what that class was like, maybe if there were other people that you remember from the class or things that you learned or he taught you uh, during that time in that announcing class. Well, <laughs> I have so many memories from Jeff's class. I still remember the scripts that we used because some of them were legendary. Uh, one with Wilfred Brimley, uh, who recently passed away, but everybody knows his voice, uh, had to do with sor sorghum country, uh, it's something about a farm. I, I just never forgot that. And also, he had soundtracks from stuff that was playing on the air on you know, other radio stations, commercial radio stations. So he had the soundtrack for Raceway Park, a park in New Jersey. We got to do that commercial, that spot uh, with the background. So it, it, you know, to us, those of us who were just starting out in radio, it sounded like we were doing the actual commercial when he played it back. So that was so much fun. And uh, he had a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, he had the the greatest advice and really was so sorry that he couldn't have been there for the rest of my career at uh, Hofstra and Hofstra Radio. So you're taking this class and Sue or Jeff or, or someone suggests that you join the radio station. At some point, you must have walked the length of the hall down to the office at the other end of Memorial Hall. Do you remember anything about that time or who you may have met or uh, the process of getting onto the air? Because uh, I think I think you were on the air relatively quickly. Yes, um, I was. So I really didn't know. I, ha I hadn't known anyone yet, and I couldn't remember who was in my class. But I, I do remember going down to the office, and I noticed that it was set up with desks of all the students who held positions at WRHU. And each of them were surrounded by their personalities. It was such a fun place. If I was if I was a full-time student, I would have loved to be able to spend more time there. Um, I remember meeting a lot of friendly people, but honestly, because it's so long ago, I, I can't remember everybody's names. Um, and also because I was a part-time student, I was at Hofstra many years longer than most of the students. So I met people continually who went on to graduate and then new people came. Um, but who, who really, uh, I could only, I could only mention Christy Rabnichuk because she's the only one I could think of her name because I know since she was my engineer that I had met her at that time. I probably met you. Um, I, met uh, uh hang on one second because i'm forgetting about names um will shelley because he was the producer of jazz so i had to have met him um there was a couple there i see i'm not going to be able to remember names brian but there was a couple there that were um doing classical music do you remember the name of the guy who was doing classical music then the classical music director at the time was Rich Berger. Rich Berger. Yeah, that was probably him. I remember meeting him. I'm just sorry that I forgot his name at the time. Um, I forgot his name now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, those were the people I remember I remember meeting. But I went on to know them better after the initial, uh, my initial walk-in. Yeah. And they, they uh, go ahead. <laughs> 
at, at this point, I usually ask if you have something to remember memorable from your announcing or engineering classes. But as you mentioned, uh, you were cleared to be an announcer and you had someone engineering in the studio for you. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about that uh, at all, maybe working with Christy or getting used to being on the air? Yeah, um, I was I was perfectly comfortable with getting behind the microphone, but I had no idea what to do uh, as an engineer. And I didn't even know that I eventually would be engineering a show. So my first time on the air as a DJ announcer was with Christy Rapchinuk, and she was my engineer. And she was my engineer until she eventually taught me how to do it myself, which was amazing because she just told me what button what buttons to press and you know how to uh, how to do the records how to spin the records and what else would we have had at that time we had mostly records I don't well some tape decks right sure there were the turntables uh, CD players cart machines uh, the reel-to-reel machines so eventually just in the process of being in the studio together Christy took the time to show you how these things worked Yes, yes. I don't even remember the CD player. Was that in Memorial or, or was that in Dempster? You would you would know better than I do. Uh, yes, and if memory serves, uh, due to their extensive use and, and uh, semi-professional handling, we went through a number of different CD players over that time. It's just a matter of wear <laughs> and tear. But um, I, I guess to go back to getting started working with Christy, do you remember the first time that you were on the air at all or the first time that, that uh, you and Christy were together, what maybe was going through your mind or how you felt about hosting a show on Hofstra radio. Oh, uh, it was, it was, it was great. Um, I was across the window from her. So, uh, so I could see her and she was playing the music. I can't even remember at this time, whether I was choosing the music or she was choosing the music. Maybe we both were, um, it was just a great feeling to be on the radio. And um, without her, I wouldn't have been able to have my first show announcing. And then um, after, after she taught me how to do it, I was cleared as engineer, I guess, announcer engineer cleared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Will, because uh, he was the jazz producer, uh, since I was older, I knew a lot of the music in the jazz file. Uh, he and Christy helped me learn new artists because they would suggest that I play something that I would not have necessarily chosen. And I, I learned a lot of new artists through them. So you've mentioned Christy and Jeff Krause and Will Shelley. Were there other people who helped you feel comfortable at the station. Um, when I went back to school a few years ago to become a teacher, the, the term uh, used was, was non-traditional students. So as a non-traditional student <laughs> in Hofstra Radio in 1992, 1993, were there, were there people who uh, were welcoming or helpful or, or were there other people that you heard on the air and thought, wow, they're really good or I like what they're doing? Were there people who inspired you or, or gave you ideas on how you wanted to sound on the air? Well, there is definitely one person I have to mention because he came on right after me, after the Jazz Cafe was the Rock and Roll Oasis. 
and still in the uh, basement of Memorial Hall, in walked Dave Koenig for his show, and he announced himself as the Bison Man. And I just thought that was such a hoot. <laughs> he caught me off guard, and I loved listening to him. I thought he was very creative. I loved his voice. And he's one person that I've actually kept in touch with, of course, through Facebook. Um, and I love following his successful acting career. I can't wait to see how far his career will go. Then at Dempster Hall, um, I really felt like I belonged because I moved in with all of you guys and we came together into our new studios. So I really felt like that was home. And um, by then I had newer students coming to train with me. Um, the one person that stands out uh, was Sean Novak because he always came in to train with me. He mentioned that he loved hearing me. He loved my show and uh, that I was the one he chose to sit in with. So he, ma he made me feel so confident. And um, that was a really good feeling. Uh, I was very proud to help him. And I have nothing to do with his success because he went on to hold many, uh, I guess, uh, jobs at Hofstra Radio. But he advanced um, in his radio career. He's got a very successful radio career, as I'm sure you'll hear about when you interview him. So it sounds like you had something of a of a style or or a presence that um, you grew in and then maintained over time. You know, starting with Christy just as an announcer and then working into it. Do you remember having? an idea uh, maybe when you started or as you spent more time uh, on the air that you were developing a voice or a personality that went on the air or was it just, you just felt like I'm, I'm spinning records and I'm me or was there uh, um, a <laughs> style or, or a sound that you were going for? Well, um, I have a deeper voice uh, as a woman's voice, I have a deeper voice, so I felt that it really fit into to the jazz announcing. And being on the radio and hearing my own show, having my own show and then hearing my own show when I've, uh, what do we do? We did checks or something that we taped it and then listened to it again. It was just such a great feeling then. Um, and it's a great thing to have on my resume five years at a radio station. Um, I I just... Uh, loved. I, I don't think I would have fit in with any of the other shows. Let me put it that way. I wouldn't have fit in with classical. I probably wouldn't have fit in with rock and roll because I was a 70s gal and that wasn't really one of the shows at WRHU. So I think jazz was was really just the, the one thing that I fit in with and my voice fit in with. What do you think? <laughs> I recall you having a signature song that you signed off with. Can you talk a little bit about what that was and, and why that was? Absolutely. Um, I may have had it at the end of my first show. I don't know, but I just decided to continue with it. So I would always end my show with, here's Vanessa Rubin. I've got the world on a string. I hope you do too. And that was it. Then I left every single show. Do you, do you recall hearing that song? It's it's a it's obviously a, a standard, a popular song, but that particular version. Yeah. Do you remember hearing that, or uh, why did that become your your signature, your your sign off song? 
I don't, I don't really know why, because I don't remember anyone else having a sign off song necessarily, but I just love the intro, the way uh, the music played before she started singing. And it just, it just was a perfect song. And I loved it so much that I just decided to do that. So I guess I, I had a little bit of a reputation if, if people remember that. When did you feel, I guess this is a two-part question because I, I think it applies a little bit differently. Um, when do you think mm-hmm. you felt comfortable on the air, like you belong there? And then, it, it, I don't know if it's separate or not, when did you feel comfortable at the station spending time with some younger students or, or people who weren't uh, necessarily you know, in the same age bracket? When did you feel comfortable uh, being at the station and being on the air, were they separate or were they, or was it one sort of moment or feeling? Um, well, there were some funny conversations where someone would say, uh, oh, you know, my mom went to see this movie the other night. And I'd be like, oh, your mom must be my age. So, so um, I knew that I was significantly older than the other students, but I never felt out of place you know how friendly everyone is and everyone was at that time. Uh, a lot of great people that always um, didn't make me feel older, but uh, we had, we had a lot of fun times. Um, unexpectedly, I learned that the Italian music show, which my mom and I had listened to together on, on weekend mornings was broadcast from WRHU at Hofstra. And that was a nice surprise because I had lost my mom and being there brought back good memories of me and my mom. So that was one thing that made me feel like, oh, I'm so glad I'm here because, you know, this brought back memories for me, good memories. And um, the other thing was there were there were some things that I got involved with when we first had a parade, um, which was actually maybe one of the, the years later. Um, and I started using my art and making, I made, I think I made all the posters or I helped make all the posters, but I initiated posters for every show. And I really felt a part of WRHU and, and everybody. Yeah, I, I, it was, it's a very welcoming place. So we've had a chance to look with some hindsight at your experience at WRHU and what it meant to your career and your resume and how uh, it affected things that, that you wouldn't have expected. It, it, it's hard to do as we're reminiscing, but can you put yourself back in your shoes when uh, you'd first heard about the radio station and you walked down the hall? What did you think before you knew anything about it? What did you think or what did you hope WRHU could be for you? Hmm. Uh, well, walking down the hall, I think I was surprised at uh, the, it was kind of old, and the radio station uh, where we did the recording was small. So that, that surprised me. Um, not that I had ever um, had imagined it because I learned about it and I was on the air like one, two, three. Um, but I guess because I had a, a career going uh, that I was trying to get off the ground, I thought that this would always be a good thing for me to be on the air, to be able to be on the air. And, um, and I felt like I could do a good job. 
So uh, that's probably early on what uh, what it meant to me that it would be a very good place to be and a very good place to learn. So there were you didn't really have any expectations walking in, not having any experience in radio or uh, previous love of radio or desire to get into it. This was this was just an entirely blank slate for you. I guess you would say that, but it's not that I didn't have a love for radio because I certainly did. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm a '70s girl, <laughs> so it was it was all radio, disco, rock and roll, that kind of thing, dancing. Yeah. So uh, just just being a part of it all was I I feel so blessed because um, not everybody gets to do that. Um, And especially if you didn't even know it was there and I didn't know it was there when I signed up at Hofstra. So it was it was such a nice thing to find out. And um, like I said, that first class with Jeff, just hearing his voice and learning from him. Um, just was just the best. That was the best memory. And, um, you know, again, I wish we hadn't, hadn't lost him, but I, I just always think back to Jeff. Um, he may, his name may even be on my resume going back to my education. Yeah. Well, Judy, this was lovely and very entertaining and, and I appreciate your time and your memories and I hope we can uh, talk some more sometime soon. Thank you so much, Brian, for inviting me to be interviewed. Um, Take care.